Welcome back once more to this evening's edition of Talking Point. And as you heard, the Talking Point to get you talking. Well, we've got Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams here doing the talking. Say once more, over to you. And I'm certain and I'm hoping that our listeners find this uplifting, inspiring. And those of you who want copies, just before I leave this evening, I'll tell you how you can go about getting copies of the presentations that Sheikh does here. Sheikh, over to you. Shukr bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi wa wa salatu wa salamu ala does Jamil, if you allow me just to speak to the listeners or say to them something specific that deals with the topic, Sorry. if you do not mind. Um, people, we need to understand that this Hajj session we do on the radio is not sufficient to be able to get you for Hajj. Even the things that we speak to you that is to do with the context, context of the Hajj in, with the other Arkan will not be able to give you enough. We only stimulate the idea for your minds to be able to see the seriousness of every one of us leaving our homes to be able to seek this deen and upgrade the quality of our deen. The objective for Hajj is to be able to get a Hajj Makbul and Mabrur. But to be able to get that brothers and sisters, we need to be on a very high level of all the other arkan. If the other arkan is not confirmed, consolidated, uh, concretize in my life on a very high standard, then the possibility to get Hajj Mangpur in Mambarur is almost zero, if not minus zero. Sorry, sorry to say to that. People with no disrespect, and I'm not saying this because I want to undermine anybody or I want to suggest that you're not getting Hajj, but this is not me. The Ahadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says there will come a time when many people will go from to Makkah, many, but a handful of them will obtain Hajj Mangpur and Mabrur. Now, yes, we need to ask the question where do I fit in? And if you have not prepared yourself for the other arkan, which is the context of Hajj, which is the Hajj cannot be done unless those others are there firm and solid underneath it, mm. for sure, people, may Allah protect. We do not want this. And that's why I say it's understood as a fart that you and I need to go and seek. We stimulate the ideas of this information. We cannot, this program cannot allow us to be able to do with all the needs, but we try to give you some to let us understand the seriousness of these things. Example, we, we shared with you the issue of the importance of the khushu in salah, but we also want you to understand the importance of the ritual, and it's both equally important, as Allah mentioned both of them in, in, this, in the same surah, as we said at the beginning of surah al-Mu'minun, and then, and then the last one of before uh, verse number nine, I think number nine, is where Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَلَى صَلَوَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِذُونَ To be able to sh- sh- let us understand that the, the ritual and the spiritual, both of them is equally important. And we find the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wherein he said to us, Sallu kama isalli, which we explained that you and I salah, when we perform our salah, our Nabi wants us to do it exactly like he did the salah for us. So we need to be able to make it our duty. What was the salah done by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, right? And that salah is the salah that we need to apply. Let me show you in a hadith, uh, see this, I think I mentioned this before, but uh, 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 just to recap and understand the seriousness of this issue of the spiritual and the ritual. Once the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a group of people, with a group of people, Sahaba radiallahu anhum, making, making uh, in the khalqa, and somebody entered the masjid and made salah in the corner. The person completed the salah and then came here to the group. And greeted the group and the Nabi responded Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam responded to this person and after the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam responded to him the Nabi said to him Irja' fasalli fa innaka lam tusalli go back and perform your salah over for what you did was not salah this happened for a second time and for a third time 
And then after the third time, the person said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Messenger of Allah, I don't know anything better than that of salah. Which means, you just sent to me, O messenger, my Messenger, you just said to me that my salah is not salah. You can call it whatever you want to, but that's not salah. So, O Messenger, I don't know anything better. What the hell was I doing? So the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then taught the person the salah. Then guided the person, but at the same time. Now, you and I would be thinking... Wow, is this our messenger, the messenger of mercy, who says to this person in his face, in front of everybody, that you didn't perform salah, that there's something else you did? Yes. You know why? Because the salah didn't belong to the messenger. He was the carrying, the carrying of the message of the salah, but the salah comes from Allah as a gift, and Allah has commanded him to be able to show us how we must perform the salah the way the malaika perform salah in front of Allah Ta'ala. So Allah wants all of us that is believers Who wants to be a believer That you and I perform our salah in total precision As Allah wants us to perform the salah Like the Anbiya Like our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Like the Malaika We must make our salah in exact format of that And so for that matter the Nabi said I am your role model I'm the one that was sent to show you. Nobody else, not all the Shafi, Hanafi, Malik, Hanbir, they don't, it's not their responsibility, it's my responsibility alone. So you don't look at anybody, you take your looks, your knowledge, your insight of understanding my salah, and if you don't know that, you can call it whatever you want to, because what the Nabi said to him, go back and perform your salah for what you did, was you call it whatever you want under the sun, that is not salah. My question to us in the modern day and time is, I wonder what would happen if our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stands up this day and time and sees you and me and us, we perform salah, what would he say to us? If he could say this to the Sahabi, Ya Rabb, Allah's mercy is upon us, all of us. People, we need to understand the seriousness. And as I say, we don't have all the luxuries to go into all the details. I am gonna, if you do not mind, share with you some of the processes lightly. And I'm sure there is. Some of you must probably didn't want to ask me any questions. If you feel you want to send your question through the uh, 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 um, uh, on the SMS line, the SMS line, then you may probably do so. Uh, um, but uh, uh, we will only deal with it as we said earlier on, when when our circumstances would allow us and when it is within the, per, uh, the, the topic that we're dealing with, right? Okay, well, I just give that number, Sheikh. Okay, so we said last time, no telephone calls, but the SMS line, and Sheikh will look at which question is appropriate to the topic topic, that we're dealing with. So that number is 47913, 47913. That's for those of you wanting to question, pose a question to Sheikh on what Sheikh is talking about at the moment. People, I want to mention to you a hadith given to us by a person in the capacity of Sina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. He says to us in this hadith, that at one stage the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa taught us the salah. He taught us the salah. Subhanak. Our Nabi taught us the salah. Now I, I think I've mentioned this also. The Nabi, the Sahaba is to us many times. That certain things the Nabi would do to us as important and relate to us. That whatever Allah did, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did. When he wanted to make it important, he make it as important as the Quran. As he taught us the Quran or as he taught us the salah. Which means these two things is very important in the life of a Muslim. Our Salah and our Quran. And if we wanted to make something as important as that, the Sahaba related it as like that. Like the, recita- like the recitation or the reading of the understanding of Quran and like the Salah that needs to be in our life. May Allah open the path for all of us. Mm-hmm. And so the, the Sahabi, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, says to us that, 
And he said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the Nabi has taught him the salah, and he said the Nabi taught us every aspect of the salah. And at the end of all those aspects of the salah, which the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught him, he said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Oh, Messenger of Allah, you said in the sujood, we should be able to open up our hearts to Allah ta'ala. We should interact and relate and beg and ask and speak and communicate with Allah ta'ala. What do I say? Now remember, this is Abu Bakr asking this oh, question. Yeah. This is that wonderful Sahabi asking this question, what must I say? And strange, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa responded to him. Now allow me just to me for you to mention very lightly a hadith other than that, so that you can know who's asking the question, who is asking the question to. The person that asked the question, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said about him, if you ought to take his iman, the iman of Abu Bakr, and put it one side of the scale, and the iman of all the awliya, the salihin, the, the great thinkers, the great scholars of the holding, nay, of every believer, all of them, every one of us, from the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa until yawm al-qiyamah, all of them together. The best, even the Sahaba, all of them together, from the time of the Sahaba, right until us, all the Iman on the other side of the scale, and the Iman of Abu Bakr alone on the other side of the scale, then the Iman of Abu Bakr would outweigh the Iman of the whole Ummah. This man asked the question. What's the question he asked? O Messenger of Allah, what must, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what must I say when I am in sujood, relating and speaking to Allah Ta'ala? Now I very much feel, the question, the person that asked the question is important for us to understand. But it's even more important for us to realize if he is in this question, how much is it needed for us? So the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa responded to that. Sheikh, we're waiting with bated breath, but let's take a short break and Sheikh will continue after this. Talking point. Getting you talking. Welcome back once more. It is Journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abram. Sheikh, now we all ears. MashaAllah. The Jamil, we were at this hadith of, and we said, we said to us, let's listen to who is asking the question and what they ask. The person that's asked the question, Abu Bakr, this great personality, who the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, if you take his iman in comparison with the rest, his iman would outweigh. The whole Ummah. No. This said, Abu Bakr asked the question, what must be said in, when I'm in, in front of Allah in sujood? What must I, he speaks about himself, what must I say? The words the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa gives to him, the Nabi says to him, he must say, Allahumma inni dhalamtu nafsi, dhulman kabira, in the other riwayah, dhulman kathira, la yaghfiru dhunuba illa anta, faghfir li maghfiratan min aindik, warhamni innaka anta tawab rahim. Now, if we think of who the person is in his, the way that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa describes him, and here when he asks this question, Nabi says to him, he must say these words. What must he say? Allahumma inni dhalamtu nafsi. Oh Allah, I have harmed myself with sin. I've, I've been sinful. I've been done negative things. I am a weak person. I've left myself uh, free at shaitan and the negativities of what life invites me to. Allahumma inni dhalamti nafsi dhulman kabira. In the one riwayah, the Nabi says, it's noted to us, he says, great sin, dhulman kabira. In the other one, he says, dhulman kathira, extensive sins, meaning a tremendous amount. Many sins have I done. <coughs> and some, some scholars say to us, when we say it, we should say dhulman kabira and kathira, great sins and many sins together have we done. La yaghfiru dhunuba illa ant. Nabi says to him, he must say, say, O oh Allah, nobody will be able to forgive me except for thee. 
فغفر لي Forgive me, my Lord. Maghfiratam min aindik. A forgiveness that I beg of you that comes directly from you. Not via. Not, not via this one and that one. Not via the Nabi or the Sahaba or the Tabi'in or the Sahaba. Or some certain people say that No, no, no. A direct. Oh Allah, I want a direct forgiveness from you. I'm begging you directly. Please grant me a direct forgiveness. Now, if this was the, the words the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi told Abu Bakr to say, right? And he in this hadith indicated the Nabi taught us everything. But Jamil, I, I, I feel we don't have the luxury to be able to expound everything in this mm-hmm. of this hadith. But, but uh, uh, some of our students here present want to be able to ask some of these questions. Oh, we have, and I was thinking you were sitting very quietly, very attentively, <laughs> Farouk Arendt. Farouk, how are you? You've got a question to pose to Sheikh. Speak yeah. a little closer to the mic now. Yeah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, there's a question that came about about uh, the Surah Al-Fatiha in the Salah. Mm-hmm. It is said that we must recite Surah Al-Fatiha. That's right. Just for the community out there that is asking the question, is it necessary for me as a person that make the salah following the imam to recite the, the, the surah fatiha whilst he recites the surah fatiha? Okay. Um, did you say this? must probably one more than one angle of the question. Mm. The first one, if the person is in a salah that is being recited softly, when we do not hear what the imam is reciting, then that means you and I must, salah sur- must read surah fatiha on our own. The second format, when we stand in the salah that the imam is reciting Surah Fatiha, mm. that is divided into two. Yes. The one where the imam gives you space to be able for you to read Surah Fatiha, mm. then you must also read your own Surah Fatiha. Okay. The third one is when the imam reads, and for that matter doesn't leave enough space for you to read your Surah Fatiha or to complete your Surah Fatiha, then the Imam carries your load of Surah Fatiha on his neck. And I think this is an important, your, your question uh, it, uh, brings other important parts of the question in, that many of us don't realize as an Imam we have responsibility. If you the Imam for any reason, no, no, Imam doesn't mean the Imam in the Masjid only, mm. the Imam at home, whenever you the Imam, when you are an imam leading a jama'ah at any position, at any place, leading the jama'ah, then you must know that you have a certain responsibility that you carry as the leader because you now carry the leadership in front of Allah for the whole jama'ah behind you. You carry your salah. Thus, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa indicated to us that when there's one good person making salah in that masjid and the value of that salah, his salah has been raised to a certain level and we've performed the jama'ah salah, then all our salah is raised to that level. So, um, this is the advantage that we get. But now imagine the Imam, obviously the Imam is expected of him to be able to have knowledge and understanding. But the, uh, my concern is letting the Imam understand, if you are hasteful in the Salah, you will have to carry the whole Salah, the whole Jama'ah Salah upon you. So if the Imam does not leave space enough or leave space for you to recite Surah Al-Fatiha, then your whole Salat Al-Fatiha of each and every person is on his neck. He has to carry that whole. And if somebody comes into the masjid, which did not get in time to be able to read their own Surah Fatiha, and he's in the Ruku or he's just gone to the Ruku, then he also carries their Surah Fatiha. 
Subhanallah. Now, this has been, we've been taught this. This is not absurd. This is not mm. abstract or something that we don't know. We've been taught this. Our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has made it very clear that the Imam carries my Surah Fatiha. So each and every one of us must strive to become an Imam, must strive to become an Imam, or at least be behind the Imam so that we can take the position of the Imam in the Salah. But important to recognize that it's not a necessity if you haven't given me, as long as when the Imam have recited Surah Fatiha, I pay attention to what he says. I listen to the message. I reflect that in my heart, and that is in my, if he doesn't leave space for me, that is enough for me for Surah Fatiha. If he's left space for me, then I must recite my own Surah Fatiha. Amin, inshallah. Thanks for that. Man. Beautiful question. Mashallah. Very beautiful Allah. question. Alhamdulillah. You don't want to ask it. Sheikh, we take my last break here before you leave. Okay. A very, very short break and we'll continue our discussion. Or Sheikh will continue journey to Hajj. That's Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Talking point. Getting you talking. Talking point. On 91.3 FM Stereo. Well, we continue with Journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in the last few minutes of the program. Sheikh? Uh, I think uh, Muhammad wants to ask a question. Uh, yes, uh, the Salah, we spoke about the importance of the spirituality and the ritual part of mm. the Salah. So when it comes to the sujood, uh, Sheikh just explained the, what Sayyidina Abu Bakr asked the Prophet and the Prophet ﷺ responded in the words he gave there. And the, the mindset the person should have is as is connecting with Allah and speaking with Allah, is opening up to Allah in the sujood. Mashallah. So uh, when it comes to the ruku and the i'tidal, the standing position after the ruku, what 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 is the the mindset there or the spirituality part of it? The khushu that is needed there. In in this very hadith of Sayyid Abu Bakr, the one who tells us that the hadith to what to do, and Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught. He said, the Nabi taught us. He said that the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us to be able. In when we go into sujood to praise Allah Ta'ala. Now, must probably for the benefit of the, I, I like the question, because for the benefit of our community out there, sometimes the term praise is misunderstood. Let me just tell you what praising is. With no disrespect, I don't undermine anybody. If I say I praise somebody, I am in the presence of that person, and I say to that person in his face what good qualities I see in him. That is when I, I like I say to mommy, mommy, you are very gentle with us. I say to this mommy in mommy's face. The Nabi says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to Sayyidina Abu Bakr, he says, the Nabi has taught us, we know in the, the ruku, we need to praise Allah. We stand in front of Allah and we say to Allah, we need to reflect of the greatness of Allah so that we give him praises that he is worthy of. Which means, in word we need to say things, but he taught us. For the, the, the person who finds it difficult or doesn't have no words specifically, Subhana Rabbi al or Bihamdi. But that is not, it's not verbal words. It's not nothing, we don't know what to say. And, and, and like a parrot repeating doesn't even know what he says. Subhana Rabbi al or Bihamdi is praise to Allah, but it comes through the mind and it affects the heart when you actually say that. And that is the khushu. The khushu is when that word is understood and implemented through your heart and your mind and you, you feel the vibration from your side you're praising Allah mm-hmm. you recognize you stand in front of Allah and you're praising Him so can you make the ruku you cannot because if you need to praise anybody 
Would you want to say to them in such a quick way, manner? Or do you need to be able, when it comes to the praises of Allah and you stand in front of Allah, shouldn't you be having to give yourself the appropriate means of pondering and also to the reflect as to what is worthy of the praise of Allah? Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Sayyidina Mubakar radiallahu anhu said to us, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us when we come out of the rukud to the sujood, to the i'tidal position, he said to, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to us, when you're in the i'tidal, that is the moment that you need to thank Allah. Now when I earlier said that the difference between praise is because some of us join the word praise and thanks as the same. Now sometimes I want to say to daddy, daddy, you are the best daddy on the earth for your way you treat us. That is when I praise daddy. But if I say daddy, daddy, thank you for giving me the, the car to drive today. Then that, then I'm thanking daddy and I'm not praising him. Now, if the Nabi could say to Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, that in Ruku we need to praise Allah and in Sujood, in Aididal we need to thank him, he showed a clear difference at distinct difference between praise and thanking. Even though at terms, sometimes in the English language, the word thanks and praise meets one another at a certain point, right? But here the Nabi separated the one from the other, that in in Ruku, it needs to be praising, and in Aitidal, it needs to be thanking. Now people, again, this happens, and I think it's a serious question that you've asked, Muhammad, because many a time we come from the ruku, and we take our time in the ruku, and we come from the ruku, we get into the standing position, and it happens so very quick. Like I said, if I need to say to my daddy, Daddy, thank you for giving me the car today, because if I did not have the car, I would not have been able to do that. And that's just showing him appreciation. I want to say thank you to him for daddy, for what he's done, right? What if Allah, the one that gives me all my rizik, that gives me my life, that sees to me from whatever I have, shouldn't I thank him? And do you think you would need a split second, 10 seconds, to be able to ponder about all the reasons why you thank him? And thus, Allah, the Nabi Sallallahu taught us when the Imam says, Sami Allahu liman hamida, Allah hears who thanks him. Allah hears, listens to everything. There's not a single thing that Allah doesn't listen to. But the Imam wants to take your attention to say to you, please, this is an opportunity for you. Thank Allah. Open up your chest and your breasts and your minds and your hearts and go out to say thank you to Him. This is the opportunity. When you're standing in Aitidal, and thus the Aitidal cannot be short. If it is short, it means you are not ready for Salah. It means you do not understand what you're doing. And so it's important that we need to recognize the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught us the khushu in Salah is at that moment you need to understand what am I doing and how you need to give it out of your chest to Allah Ta'ala. Again, Sami Allahu Liman Hamida, we say, Rabbana lakal hamd, Rabbana walakal hamd. You could add many words of thanks to Allah Ta'ala, but if you do not know what you say, don't say, rather speak in your mother tongue to Allah Ta'ala at that moment in presenting appreciation to Allah Ta'ala when we stand in the ruku, in, in the ayatidal position, because that is the moment we need to present to Allah Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala grant khair and barakah to all of us, inshallah. Amen. On that note, certainly. <laughs> Very, very interesting note that we're ending on here because many a times you would find, and you can pick it up in the mosque. If you're standing there, you can see the guys going to Sujood, Idal, they come in, and you, it tells you, oh, if you look at him, mind is wandering elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Not aware of what is happening. Now the Bidda, may Allah protect all of us. Amin, amin to that, Sheikh. Sheikh, now I know you run a Hajj class at the Maruf Center. That's in Bridgetown, is That's it? That's in Bridgetown. I think many people are familiar with that. I'm allowed to share your number? 
Yes, you may. Okay. Those of you who need to attend or want to attend Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams' Hajj class, jot down this number and you can always give him a call. It's 076-071-0970. 076-071-0970. Sheikh, once more, shukran for your time. And then also to Muhammad, shukran for being here, posing the questions, listening. <laughs> Co-presenters <laughs> And then to Farouk Aaron Hope this is not the last visit of Farouk Inshallah Inshallah Sheikh to you Shukran very much And I say to you Wassalamu alaikum Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Wa alaikum salam Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh